Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. What up, bitches? Welcome back to Law of Attraction Changed My Life. I am Francesca Amber. And this is our 200th episode. Our 200th episode. Can you goddamn believe it? I can scarcely believe it, to be honest, because most of my life I have been anything but consistent. Um, But shortly after starting this podcast, I started to see the massive effects of consistently applying the law of attraction to my life. And so I had no choice but to continue. And I hope that in some way, due to listening to this podcast, your life has changed or improved in some way. If you are now consciously creating the life that you want, rather than just letting life happen to you, that's all I goddamn wanted from this. That's all I wanted. I just wanted us all to thrive. I just wanted us all to live our best lives. Anyway, I thought I would do something kind of fun today. Um, I was going to get somebody to interview me and ask me some questions about doing this for 200 episodes, 200 weeks in a row. But then I thought, who better to ask me the questions than you lot? You lot are the people that I feel know me the most and would ask the best questions. So I put it out on my Instagram. If you are not following me on Instagram, what are you doing with your life? I am at Francesca Amber or at Law of Attraction Change My Life. Come and follow me if you like Law of Attraction quotes or Francesca Amber if you like to see me doing things like pancake day a day late because I forgot about it or just standing on my driveway whilst my children scoot up and down for three hours at a time. If you're into that kind of shit, (laughs) come and follow me. (laughs) So you guys ask some great questions and I'm going to kick it off with a question actually from one of my best friends in the world, Kaylonda. So she asks, what is your best ever manifestation? Now, this one there's some real hard hitters. There are some real hard hitters that I love law of attraction manifestations that are like boom, boom, pow. Oh my God, what? Like that's, that's no doubt that that is a manifestation. That's the kind of shit that I love, but I definitely, I used to love a lot more. So in that kind of sense, manifesting the gender of my twins, 
that was something that absolutely shocked me to my core and just reaffirmed my belief wholeheartedly to the to the core of my being in the law of attraction. Um, if you are new here or you don't remember that, it was basically that when I found out I was having twins, um, I decided, despite having no money, <laughs> to get a harmony test because I really wanted to know the gender. People that don't want to know the gender of their children, I find it really bizarre because boys and girls are so different. They're so different. And I just don't think I have the energy for like standing by the side of a football pitch and that kind of shit. Do you know what I mean? And so I really, really wanted girls. I really wanted my daughter to have a sister. It was a whole thing. Anyway, went and had this harmony test. They called me and told me that I was having boys and I manifested hard against all odds. In fact, there's an episode about it. Oh, I wrote it down somewhere. Where is it? Okay, I didn't write the episode number down, but if you go way back, like two, three years ago, there was an episode called How I Manifested This Against All Odds. And despite getting that phone call from the clinic, I decided to keep my twin baby girl vision board on my phone. I decided to keep the clothes that I'd bought, like these little token items hung up on the outside of my wardrobe. And I decided to have faith and to trust and believe. And 24 hours later, they called me back and said, we're so, so sorry. This has never happened. We've never done this before. But you're actually having two girls. And that to me was like such a a wow moment because it was something that was really important to me. Um, but I have to say, on this 200 episode journey, my manifestations have changed. And whereas in the past, I used to crave those wow moments that were like, I have no doubt that this exists. I have no doubt that this um, is a manifestation. Now I kind of don't need that validation. And so my other favorite manifestation is manifesting my dream house um, simply because it was so, so effortless. It was really, really easy. Now, two years before that, I had manifested buying a house near my family in the countryside um, whilst living in my flat in London, living in a little one bedroom flat. And I was in such a state of fear and panic and all kinds of things. You know, I was newly divorced. I was under pressure to buy something quite quickly um, that I kind of forgot all about the law of attraction. And I manifested it through hard work, like hard, hard, hard work. I worked 14, 15 hour days. I often slept at my salon so that I could rent my flat out on Airbnb for an extra night or two while my daughter wasn't there. Like I hustled hard. I didn't stop. And I got that house and it was amazing. But this time I had learned about cyclical living. I had learned about my divine feminine energy and like the power of sort of sitting and receiving and being open to receiving. And I'd learned about the energetics of money and energetic spending and embodying being a wealthy woman. And why I loved this manifestation so much is because I genuinely didn't scrimp or save or cut back or really take any crazy actions to manifest this house. And so that's why I love that because that's when I realized that manifesting could be really easy if you just opened yourself and allowed things to be received. Okay, the next question is from Kaylee Bohm. She says, there's a lot of stuff out there about manifesting love, but what about being single? Do you know what, Kaylee? 
you are right. You are 100% right. So I actually looked up on Amazon after you asked that question, books about being single. Now there's two kind of notable ones. There's The Unexpected Joy of Being Single and another called Single on Purpose, Find Yourself First by John Kim. And the second book kind of indicates that it's how to be happy and find yourself first until you find love. So even that is not like, look, I'm just choosing to be single on purpose. But you know what? There is a lot of power in being able to be alone because not everybody can. And I'm not just talking about financial traps, like there are so many women or should I say so many people that can't leave relationships because of financial constraints, because they've got themselves into a situation where you know, the man holds all the power, he holds all the money and she's unable to leave. But also so many of us have felt trapped in relationships mentally. We felt mentally trapped. I remember when I was in my marriage, I was like, I can't leave. I don't think I'd ever like go on holiday again. I don't know how to book a holiday. I don't know how to do my tax return. Like I had all of these limiting beliefs about being a single mother and what that would mean. And so making the decision to leave a relationship or to be single, if that is a conscious decision that you've made, that is something to be celebrated. You're right. That is something that we should talk more about and that should be celebrated. There are a lot of positives in being single. And do you know what? Maybe I'm part of the problem. Maybe I should talk about that more because I often talk about, you know, wanting to manifest a man and wanting to find the love of my life. And I mean, I'm not hell bent on it, but it is something that I would like in the future. And actually, I do myself a disservice and so many other women that maybe listen to me because there is such a great power in being single. Being in a relationship is quite hard. It can be quite difficult to consolidate your life with somebody else and find compromises and be happy with another person. Something that I definitely don't take for granted is that I live in a very peaceful house. You know, it's me and my daughters. We have fun. We we live in a very peaceful house. Occasionally, LaVeau might slap me around the face, but you know, like it's a generally a very peaceful house. There's no arguments. There's no real tension. Um, and for that, I'm really, really grateful because I see around me, you know, and of course, there's lots of healthy, happy relationships, but I do see where there's like a lot of tension and a lot of arguing and we don't have that. I have a lot of quality time with my girls. And there's no doubt that that would be compromised if I had to share my energy and my time with another person. So there's a lot of quality time with the people you want to be with. And that extends to friendships. A lot of single people tend to have really great friendships, really deep friendships. And something I'm very aware of is because I don't have a partner, you know, my friends often see my house as like the open house. You know, they come here, they sometimes let themselves in. Um, We have pre-drinks here. People will stay over after a night out in the summer. They all come over and use the pool. And that's lovely. I really love that vibe that my house is like the open house and my friends feel like that they can come here. So there are lots of positives to being intentionally single for however long you choose that to be. Um, So maybe one of those two books you might enjoy. I'll leave the links down below. Natalie Pike, who I randomly met in a nightclub toilet 15 years ago, asks, your absolute number one book, No Fence Sitting. 
Well, Natalie, I'm going to annoy you because I am going to choose to, <laughs> purely because I can't remember. We did these two books back to back in the book club about two years ago. And because we did them back to back, I often don't remember which lesson is in which. But also, these are money books, spoiler alert. These are money books and a lot of money books basically teach the same lessons, but it's just about finding a author's voice that resonates with you. It's about finding a style of writing that brings it to life for you. We talk about this in the book club all the time about how we might have been told something three or four times by three or four different authors. And then suddenly a fifth author will tell you and you'll be like, oh my God, how did I not know this before? And it's like, bitch, we've been telling you for months, but you just, you need to resonate with that person. So my two top favorite books, I think, oh God, this is so hard. But I think my two top favorite ones are Get Rich Lucky Bitch, and Rich as Fuck. So by Denise Duffield Thomas and Amanda Francis. There was so much in these books that absolutely changed the game for me. So energetic spending, getting intimate with your money, taking your financial power back, highly symbolic spending, token items, incremental upgrades, embodying being a wealthy woman, energetic set points. All of these things that we learn when we uh, when we talk about money, all of these things literally changed the goddamn game for me. So I loved the energetic money work so, so much that I actually ended up turning it into a three-week manifesting money workshop, which is still available for a short time, guys, because it is soon being renovated. Renovated? Is that what you do to a course? I think that's a house. It's being reshot. It's being updated. It's going to be, it's, it's coming back bigger and better. And spoiler alert, it may be turned into a little live in-person workshop um, because it's something that I am so, so passionate about. Um, the law of attraction has changed my life in many, many ways. But when I started this podcast 200 episodes ago, I was in a very, very bad place. Um, I had very bad living conditions where we were completely overcrowded. I had a couple of legal issues that were really, really threatening my mental health, my sanity, my safety. And if I had not had money, I would not have been able to solve those problems. And those were just two of like the biggest problems. Like there were so many other problems. Like I couldn't afford to really go anywhere. I couldn't afford to do anything with my children. I was having to do things like get secondhand pushchairs and like take the fucking thing out the back of my car because I couldn't afford a car that had a boot big enough to put a double push there. And it was a whole thing. My life was filled with, oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. My life was filled with problems that now I could just click my fingers and solve. But at the time, they took so much of my time and energy. They took so much of my my life force and my being trying to solve these little things. And money solved pretty much every single problem that I had. And for that, I will always be so, so thankful. One of the first things that we talk about in the Manifesting Money workshop is about how money is kind of given this bad rep and, you know, wanting more money is uh, it's seen as a negative thing. It's seen as like, oh, you're so greedy. But for so many of us, especially women, especially mothers, we just want autonomy over our lives. We want time with our children and we want freedom. That's all we want. 
that's all we want in life. And if you want more, there's nothing wrong with that too. So yeah, I have to say those two books, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch and Rich as Fuck. Also, another listener did ask another question saying, if I can't afford the Manifesting Money workshop, what would you recommend that is virtually free? And that is what I would recommend. I would recommend reading one of those books. Okay, Patty Rakaya, I can't pronounce your surname. I'm so, so sorry. Um, She asks, what are your daily manifestation rituals? Now, every day is different for me. So in the past, I thought that this meant failure, that I just could not commit to carrying out certain rituals every day or doing something towards building my dream life every day. And since I've learned about cyclical living, I've learned that this is completely normal. So not only sometimes am I just in that luteal phase before my period where I have very low energy and I feel like the whole world is against me, but sometimes, you know, it's winter. It's winter and you're just like, oh, I just want to hibernate. Or maybe it's half term. Right now it's half term for me. And my all of my time and energy is taken up with the children. And so I'm just surviving and that's okay. So some days, I'll be honest with you, I do absolutely nothing. But there are other days where I will do many things. So today is my only work day of the week. And I knew that it had to be productive. It had to be inspired. It had to go well. Because this is the only chance I've got this week. Like I've got the children every other day. So last night, I decluttered and cleared my office as well as energetically cleaned it. So energetically cleaning, it can mean, you know, saging, but also it means cleaning with intention. So decluttering and cleaning with intention, being like, this is going to feel great. I'm clearing out so that I can welcome in the new, all that kind of jazz. I sorted out my wealth corners. I symbolically placed items such as I've just placed a red uh, book in the center of my desk because the top center section is like... um, your fame area in feng shui and fame doesn't mean just you know like ta-da I'm famous like it just means the way that other people perceive you in your industry the way that you guys perceive me the way that people see you basically um I listened to my wealth and success subliminal last night before working this morning on my way back from nursery I listened to my high vibe playlist to get me in the right vibration for work Also, procrastination is my biggest vibe killer. So to make it easy for myself to be productive today and get lots done, I prepared a few things. You know, I wrote out my to-do list last night. I set out my desk with everything I needed the night before so that this morning it was really easy just to come upstairs, see the first thing on my to-do list, which was record this podcast and be like, boom, let's get to it, bitch. So I can help myself in lots of little ways. And that again goes back to... um, doing things for your future self. You know, last night I spent a little time preparing for future me, today me. And today me is very, very thankful. But in terms of, you know, every day, um, every night, the one thing me and the girls do do every single night is we will say what our favorite thing that happened that day was. So we lay in bed and we will all go round and say our favorite thing. And that is something that really encourages you to look for all the good things that happened that day. And I guess another thing I do is I just say as a matter of habit every day how thankful I am for things. So I'll say to the girls like, what did I do to deserve you? You are such an angel. I love you so much. Look at this gorgeous face. Like I just speak it into them every day of how thankful I am that they're there. I think so many children get told all the time, God, you're such a pain. Like 
get out of the way or what, why are you doing this? And I just try to, and honestly, like no, no blame or shame there. Like all of us mums have those moments. I get it. But I try to speak into them as much as I can, how thankful I am for them. And little things like, you know, today we drove past our house. We didn't go in it. We just drove past. And I was like, oh, hello house. Thank you so much for looking after all of our stuff while we're out. And thank you for being such a nice, warm, cozy place to be. I just like them to hear and for me to hear how thankful I am for the ordinary things every day. Okay, my next question is from Amasurwa. And she says, how do you get back on the high vibe wagon when all of your faithful methods aren't cutting it? So there's no point in me saying like, oh, try journaling or try a subliminal or try it because those are the faithful methods, right? And I totally get what you're saying. Do you know what I do? I give myself a rest and I give myself a pause. I allow myself to sink into it. Now, something that I do for my own self-care is I am very, very aware of going back to cyclical living. We're all sick of hearing about this, but honestly, it will change your goddamn life. I am very aware of my menstrual cycle. I'm very aware of the cycle of the moon and I'm very aware of the seasons. Currently in the book club, we are reading Sacred Seasons. And in that book, she talks about how we often try and force ourselves up and out into a cold, hard, dark world. You know, on 1st of January, I'm going to make these changes in my life and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And we really do ourselves a disservice because this is the time when we really should be resting, recovering, recuperating and storing our energy for the coming spring. And in the past, I've really worked against energy. In fact, when I say in the past, only last year, only last year, um, last winter, I had just bought my house. You know, moving house is one of the most stressful things you can do. I had a couple of stressful things happen all in like a short space of time. And I just kept trying to force myself to go forward. I just kept pushing on and pushing on and pushing on. And it ended up with me having a bit of a breakdown, stroke burnout. And it really frightened me because I felt so depressed. I felt so unmotivated to do this podcast, to do anything that kind of lit me up in this world. I had no interest in anything. It was like a proper full on depression. And since learning more about cyclical living, I realized that that's because I was simply trying to force my body to bloom and to be out there and to all my flowers and my leaves to come out. I mean, not literally, but you know what I mean. In the dead of winter when I should have been resting. So next time you find yourself feeling like that, just ask yourself, like, are you in a phase of your life where you are supposed to just be nurturing yourself and resting and allowing yourself to just be? Um, there's a lot of power in being aware of these cycles and also being aware of how your body responds to them. And the more that you start to track this and be aware of it, the more power you have because you can say, oh, I don't hate my life. I'm not unmotivated or depressed or whatever. This is just my inner winter time and I'm supposed to be resting and relaxing. So there's a lot of power in that. So give yourself a rest, give yourself a break and become aware of where you are in your cycle. Alex Windrum asks, if you could only pick one thing, what is the single most important law of attraction action you can do? Oh, this is difficult because obviously there can't be only one. You need several steps to truly manifest. But I would say visualization. 
visualization is where it all started for me many, many years ago. When I was in a nine to five that I hated, when I had a four to five hour long commute every day, I had nothing to do but visualize. (laughs) So I used to just like walk with my iPod in and I would visualize and I would sit at my desk and I would daydream, which we now know is visualizing. And there is a lot of power in that because the reason I choose visualizing is because If you visualize enough with enough intensity and enough obsession, it helps if you have ADHD for that obsession part, um, the other actions that follow won't feel like law of attraction techniques. They won't feel like actions you're taking in the name of the law of attraction. They will just feel natural. So if you visualize and you have a strong vision of where you want to be or who you want to be or what you want to do, the rest will kind of follow But yeah, you kind of need more than one step. Okay, I've got three questions here from somebody called Sacred Soul Coach. And she has some absolutely amazing questions. So here's the first one. What has been your favorite episode so far? So I looked back through my episode list And I've got to say, I've got to go back and listen to some of these because I am, well, obviously, I've only really spoken about things that I'm interested in. So, of course, like, (laughs) I'm going to think they sound amazing. But I am obsessed with so many things, romanticizing your life, uh, taking action for your future self, protecting your energy, winter wellness, divine feminine energy, designing your environment for success, dressing for the life that you want, creating intentional spaces within your home, aligned goals, cyclical living, it's all right up my strata. And it's so hard to choose a favorite. But I have to say, my favorite things to talk about are spatial alchemy. So basically how your environment affects how you will manifest and it will affect your life. And there's a great episode called A Happy Life Starts With A Happy Home. This is episode 108. But I have to say as well, I've got to come back to the money work because I do feel like it's so important. So there's an episode, uh, episode 77. This is way back in the day um, called Wired for Wealth, how I've increased my income by 10 times. So I have to say those, sorry, I couldn't choose one. Those are my two favorite episodes. Okay, her next question is, are there any episodes that you don't want the girls to hear? And I found this such a bizarre question because no, there's none. There's nothing that I don't want them to hear. But something I've learned is your children don't give a shit <laughs> what you do. My daughter actually said to me the other week, she was angry that I don't work in the co-op because she wanted to do a school pick up and drop off share with her friend's mum. And I was like, Bo, I can work whatever hours. Like I, you don't need to be picked up. Like I can pick you up. And she's like, why can't you just work in the co-op? And I was like, oh Lord, like my children don't give a shit. I hope that they are taking in the lessons just through like osmosis, just through like being around me. Um, But I don't think they'll ever listen to it unless I die, maybe. And then they might be a little bit intrigued. I don't know. I don't think they will. (laughs) And her final question is, what is the one thing that you would tell episode one friend today? Oh, and this I had to sit and think long and hard about. And again, I just get so emotional about this because I really was like as close to a broken woman as I could be back then. My life was completely different. And 
I kind of wouldn't want to tell her like, oh, by the way, like this is going to be a success. Like you don't need to worry because I'd want her to still have that drive. <laughs> so, I, you know, butterfly effect. I don't want to go back and change anything. But I think I would just say like, just keep doing exactly what you're doing. And like life seems impossible right now. And I know that you feel like there's never going to be a way out of it. But one day, everything that you visualized will be your reality. And it will feel as amazing as you hoped. Like that, that is what I would tell her because I was so, I was so scared at that time. I was so scared. I didn't know what the future would hold. I didn't ever see like a way out. Law of attraction for me right then was basically a way to cope in the everyday. It was a way to get through each day. And I wasn't really like massively looking forward much. But I wish I could just say like, life is going to be good again. Not only is it going to be good, it's going to be so different from anything you've ever experienced. Alex Windrum says, will you be doing another in-person event this year? Yes. So I absolutely loved doing my event last September. Um, the only thing I didn't like about it, I mean, number one, wouldn't change a thing about it. Hashtag loved it. Amazing. But the only thing that I felt sad about is so many people traveled so far. I'm talking like people flew from America and I obviously couldn't speak to 900 people. And that's one of the things that I really wanted to do is I wanted to speak to everybody, everybody that had shown up, everybody that had taken the time to come. Like I just wanted to speak to everyone. And so going forward, I really want to do a couple of in-person workshops that are a lot smaller. So I really feel called this year to like I was saying about my money manifesting three-week workshop, I want to turn that into an all-day workshop in person. And I'd like it to be a lot smaller so that I can speak to everyone and it can be a much more intimate experience. So yes, look out for that. We are working on it and hopefully there should be something out around August kind of time. I'm very excited. Meg Carrington says, how have you coped when something you've manifested hasn't come to fruition? Now, this is something that I have had to learn over time. In the past, I used to be a real manic manifester and a real controlling manifester. But over time, what I've learned is some of my biggest losses end up being some of my biggest positive transformations. Now, there's a lot of like surrender and letting go with this. And that can be really hard to do. It's like easy to say, hard to do. And somewhere that this is playing out in my life right now is in my flat in London. So I've owned my flat in London for, oh my goodness, like maybe 15, 17 years, something like that, since my mid-20s. And I've always loved it. I've always said like, I'm gonna be carried out of that flat in a box. But ever since I took it back from like the long-term tenants uh, this time last year, I've had a really weird feeling about it. And it's really bizarre. I don't know if it's because when I left that flat in the pandemic, it was under very, very traumatic circumstances. And I've, I, I don't know, a lot has happened in that flat. I've had many conversations with friends about this. And it's like, you know, when I got divorced, I moved back to that flat with my daughter. I lived there with my husband. I met my ex there. Like I, pretty much every ex I've had has been to that flat. Like there's a lot of history there. And 
every time I go to London, so my current setup is I live in the countryside and then once a month I go and spend a weekend in London and I see my friends and I have a nice time. And I always have a great time. But for some reason, that flat always gives me a little bit of an uneasy feeling. My old salon that I lost in the pandemic and I never went, like, I never returned to it. I never went back is literally a couple of doors away. And it just feels like there's memories around every corner. And they're not bad memories even, but it's like I just keep revisiting my past life. But it's something that I felt like, I wasn't ready to accept or admit or move on. So recently, my neighbours have decided that I'm not allowed to Airbnb anymore, despite the fact that I own a share of freehold of the building. You know, it's three against one or four against one. They've decided they don't want me to Airbnb anymore, which basically fucks me up. It means that I can't short let it and then go and use it when I want. Now, old me rose to the surface straight away and I was like, how dare you fucking tell me what I can do with my own flat? I've had this for 15 years. Basically, one of my new neighbours is an absolute douchebag, but whatever. We'll let him live his life with his plastic flowers on his rooftop. We'll let him live his life. So I got really angry and I was like, they can't tell me what to do. I can manifest my way out of this. I'm going to manifest that I can do Airbnb. And then the more time that passed, I was like, actually do you know what? I think that this is the universe's redirection. Like here I am trying to control this outcome thinking that I know best. When actually, if I'm really honest with myself, as much as I have fun with my friends when I go back to London, and it's not London, it is my flat. It's that area. It's that whole vibe. I get this uneasy feeling each time. So instead, I've decided to go with this redirection. Now it's not giving up but it's surrendering to the idea that something better is coming. And this is, again, this is just something that you can only learn over time. Now, when this happened with my salon back in the pandemic days, I fought and I fought and I fought and I was like, I'm going to make this work. If I had just surrendered and let go, I would have realized that there was something far, far better waiting for me. And this is something that I really try to practice in my life now. So now I am getting a long-term tenant in there for a year or two. I am going to save, I'm going to save, save, save for a year or two. I'm going to use this time in the next year or two to um, visit different areas of London, stay in different areas of London and figure out where I want to be, like where I want to have a residence long-term. And my, I don't know, I feel like maybe my ultimate goal is to buy Amy Winehouse's old house. That's always been a goal of mine. I don't know why. It's a little bit like Gary V is like hellbent on, is it, does he want to own the Knicks or something? I can't remember. He's just like, it's personal. Like, I just want to. I'm the same. I kind of want to buy Amy Winehouse's house. Not the one she died in, um, but the one she lived in. And I think that the outcome, two years time, I will be sat there being like, thank God I did not hold on to that little flat. Like, thank God I decided to surrender, to let go and to move towards something better. And I don't know what that is yet. That's the beauty of it. Like there's no clear visualization. I'm not seeing like a little muse house with wisteria up the front or anything. I don't know what it is. I'm really open to the possibility of anything, of absolutely anything. I mean, even to the point where it might not be in London. I might decide to take that money and have a holiday home somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. And it's not my job to figure out how or exactly what it is right now, but I'm just going with it. So sorry, to go back to your <laughs> to go back to your question. Um 
how to cope when something hasn't come to fruition is just to, number one, say, did I put my all into it? Did I energetically get behind it? Did it feel 100% right? And if it was really, really hard and everything was against you, to simply go with that redirection. Shannock says, congratulations, Fran. What are your top three life-changing hacks that you've implemented? Well, since starting this podcast, since committing myself to learning more and more about this every single week, I'd have to say without a doubt, number one, all of the money work, all of it. Number two, the power of cyclical living. And number three, constantly editing and decluttering my life to make way for the new. Those are my top three life-changing hacks. Sinead asks, what are your current goals? Oh, well, my current goals are to find love in a way that feels 100% right and doesn't compromise my family life. Um, Another goal of mine is, and this is just from a like a bit of a law of attraction experimentation level, is I'm really intrigued by this money work. I'm really intrigued by it. When I did two months of manifesting money work and then decided to do my manifesting money workshop, my income went up by like 10 times in that short space of time. And it really clearly demonstrated to me the energetic set points of your income um, was real. It was 100% real. And what's so interesting is I did that work about two years ago and my finances have remained completely stagnant since then. Now, obviously in the book club, I'm constantly learning new things. I'm always like facilitating a new space, a new area to discover, whether that's feng shui or dressing for the life you want, whatever it is. And so sometimes the stuff that I've learned and I know works can kind of get a little bit Um, ignored and pushed to the back just because life is busy, right? I'm a mother of young children. I'm just busy. She ain't got much time or energy. Um, And so I'd be really interested to learn if I do everything that I learned last time, but take it up a level. Because when you start all this, you're acclimatizing yourself to your next level of wealth. Well, I've been at this level for two years now. I'm really curious and I'm really interested to see if I do it all again, if I can reach a new level. I'm really interested in that. So this year, I really want to work on my money mindset again, so that I can share it with everyone else again. And so that I can basically, this kind of like my theme of the year is like money. Um, And a long term goal for you guys, and this might surprise you, but I've really come to terms with and come to peace with the fact that I think I would like to live in another country at some point in my life. Now, I currently have young children and I've purposely chosen to live close to family, to have a family support network around me for me and for them and to live a really easy motherhood journey. (laughs) I've been a mother in London and it's fucking hard. And I've been a mother in the countryside and it's a hell of a lot easier. And so I feel 100% confident that this is where I'm supposed to be right now. But I've given up this idea of permanency and I've given up this idea of like, oh, I need to be here forever. And I'm really opening myself that I can live somewhere else in the world in the future. And again, I don't know where that is. I don't know when it will be. I don't know how that will play out. But that is like a long term goal for me is to move to another country. 
And on to our final question. Thank you so much for all of the questions that you submitted. There were so many, um, but I didn't want to make this episode super, super long for you. Um, so this is our final question from Mrs. Funnel. And she says, I love this question. When did you realize the law of attraction was actually working? I love this question. I love it because it doesn't matter how long you've been practicing this. You will remember a moment. You will remember a distinct moment when you gasped audibly and were like, oh my God, this works. There is no doubt that this works. So looking back beyond the podcast, you know, I've been practicing the law of attraction for about 15 God, maybe 20, no, how old am I? No, not that long, 15 years now. Either having my book published or meeting my ex-husband, things that were really, really specific. And when they manifested, I was like, oh my goodness. Like that was when I realized that the law of attraction was real. Um, and that if it wasn't working well, that it was actually a fault with me and my practices and my techniques rather than with the concept, the law of attraction. I remember as well, about 15 years ago, again, I had a little shop called poochpooch.com where I sold like dog clothes and I was really obsessed with checking my sales in the morning. I absolutely loved it. And I went to an EFT um, tapping circle with my friend Grace and it was all like manifesting law of attraction, EFT tapping, like manifesting what we wanted using tapping. And I was like, let me just see if this works. So rather than trying to manifest something huge, I was like, I just want to manifest like huge sales tomorrow. I just want to manifest more sales in my shop. And I tapped on it and I woke up the next morning and I had probably like triple the sales than I normally would do. And I was like, oh my God, this works. Um, but during the podcast, so over the last uh, 200 episodes, I would say quite quickly, quite quickly after starting this podcast and committing myself, because you know, when I started this, this was in the lockdown. I, I really had nothing much else to do. So I had a lot of time to dedicate to this and quite quickly the results started to speak for themselves. So manifesting the gender of my twins, that was a pretty early manifestation. Um, and also with the money books that we had done around that time, I decided to purchase a really highly symbolic item or not really purchase a highly symbolic item, but to make a highly symbolic gesture, which was despite the fact that I had been on a mortgage holiday for three months and I hadn't earned any money <laughs> for about, God, it must've been maybe nine months. I was probably in the worst financial state that I'd ever been in my goddamn life. I decided to go ahead and pay an architect to come and draw up plans for an extension for my house. And that real highly symbolic gesture was saying to the universe, my living conditions will improve. My living conditions are going to get better. Not someday in the distant future, but this year. I'm paying for this because I know that come the summer, come the few months it will take for this to, you know, go through and go to planning and get the application and all that kind of stuff, that I will have the money to do this. And at the time I had no real evidence or indication that I would have the money, but I had the real faith and belief. And so I just put into practice what I'd learned with that money work. And well, it, it was paid for easily. So that was like when I started to really see like, wow, this shit really does work. So yeah, 
that's it. I hope that you've enjoyed these questions and answers. I hope that it's inspired you. If you are especially new with the law of attraction or you've found yourself sort of falling off the wagon with it or whatever, that this has really inspired you to just keep going and to keep consistent with it. And we may not do something towards our law of attraction rituals or our goals every single day. We may not take action every day, but as long as you are consistently doing it in your life in some form or another, you will start to reap the rewards and you will see that what you have visualized in your mind can become your abundant reality. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and indeed this podcast. Hello, 200 episodes in. If I could ask you one thing for my 200th episode, it would be to rate and review this podcast. If you did that, it would literally take mere seconds. You just scroll to the bottom and you can just tap however many stars you think it deserves. And you can leave it at that if you want, if you only have a couple of seconds. But if you have a couple of seconds more, you could just leave a review just saying what you've gained from this episode or this podcast and how much you enjoy it or whatever. And it really, really helps me out. So thank you so much. Like I said, you can come and join me on Instagram. I'm at Law of Attraction Changed My Life where I post daily Law of Attraction quotes to inspire and to motivate or at Francesca Amber where I'm just living my goddamn life. I'm just living my best basic bitch life. Um, But thank you so much for being here with me over the last 200 episodes, the last 200 weeks. That's insane, isn't it? Um, I truly am thankful. I truly am grateful. And I hope that I can continue to learn and grow so that I can bring you more and more lessons through this podcast, right into your ears, wherever you are, whether you're listening to this at work, in the bath, out on a walk. I'm so thankful that you chose me to be on your little journey with you. All right, bitches, I'll see you next week for episode 201. (laughs) It just continues, doesn't it? It just continues. Um, The law of attraction has changed my life. It's going to change yours too, bitch. I'll see you next week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.